welcome to everyday people ray uh, i don't know your last name but thank you so much for agreeing to sit down with me how are you doing today i'm doing well thank you so much rather how are you i'm wonderful and it's good it's a sunday morning i feel energized to do this so we'll start with our first standard question which is who are you what do you do and what's your current side project Awesome. Um, my name is Ray. Uh, my pronouns are they and them. I am uh, currently pursuing my master's in counseling psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an aspiring uh, trauma-informed sex therapist. I think that's sort of where I want to dabble in. Um, and my side project slash hobby, uh, being a tattoo artist. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm a tattoo artist. Awesome. So. uh there's two different like things now that you mentioned which is the counseling psychology part and then the tattoo part um i want to talk about mm-hmm. your master's degree first if that's okay uh you mentioned that you want yeah. to be a sex therapist and specializing in trauma any particular reason why you've chosen to um do mm-hmm. something so heavy um other than personal experiences um i think that sex is still like a really big taboo mm-hmm. um and it's talked about you know in a lot of like vague assumptions um there's a lot of like like people make um i don't know they mean a lot about like just the nature of relationships and you know people aren't ever really uh, i think heard um their side of the story is not heard their their experiences around like sex and relationships uh there's a lot of assumptions made um and so i don't know yeah i think i just want to create a space where people feel like they're not judged um there's no bias um especially especially in queer circles um i think as a queer like sex enthusiast myself um i i have found a lot of like judgment in spaces and so i want to be just i don't know a, a very um yeah i want to be aware i want to be informed of all like the natures of uh, how trauma can affect people in their relationships um right. and make sure that i can be sort of that safe space uh, for people to share um and yeah it's it's i think ultimately can be really liberating when people can connect you know with their bodies understand their bodies uh, and their minds and how that relates to somebody else when it comes to like connecting with somebody else right um because relationships can also look so dynamic so things can change and i think um that's not really uh i don't know i feel like i've not seen it like very much accounted for or like people can make a lot of like snap judgments about people so yeah uh, i think i'm rambling but like i think i just want to be that safe space for you're people not, you're not rambling at all you're making a lot of sense um <laughs> so i'm not queer i have queer friends um uh, when you talk about a relationship with your body is it more complicated being queer or uh, is it something that you find that even straight uh, cis het people have like because i i have a problem with my own like body and how i look and everything else uh, how as far as just talking about degrees of complication what have you found to be the difference between cis het and queer bodies Mm, that's a that's an interesting question. Firstly, thank you for sharing, like being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, I I wouldn't go out on a leap and say like, you know, queer people have it like worse. I mean, I think societally there's a lot more judgment, there's a lot more confusion, there's not as much just uh, 
socialization to be queer right we learn both queer people cis people like cis people learn how to perform gender in a certain way right from when we're very young so i think like body dysmorphia um and you know feeling out of place with like your own body can happen to anybody uh, i do think that because there's not as much support there's not as much um discussion around like how to be queer or how to feel queer um a lot of queer people are just navigating it for themselves um and they have to find that community sort of for themselves and build that safe space for themselves um so i think yeah relationships with bodies when you don't have like or you don't have somebody to like look up to you don't have uh literature around to be able to just gauge you know like how to make sense of how you're feeling um i can i think it can be a lot more daunting um for queer people um and i don't know i also at the same time like i don't want to dismiss cis het people having like body issues because there is a whole capitalist society out there that is saying you know how bodies should be and how bodies need to move um and i think that that's yeah it it removes a lot of agency whether you're queer or not um so yeah i mean yeah i i don't know that i you know want to quantify it necessarily but like i i do think that in times it can be like more difficult to navigate for queer people so uh, if you don't mind me asking like just if you could give me a little bit of how you personally navigated over the years how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 27 27 okay i'm 31 and uh, just wanted to understand like your journey into understanding first of all your queerness but also then uh, navigating that a little bit just so that you know we can get that story out there and people can understand what it's like for somebody to discover that they're queer and then how that goes along yeah we'll be sitting here for like 6 hours if i sit and start from the beginning um, but i'll give you like the short version um so i am non binary uh, i have come to realize this in my third year of undergrad which is about 5 uh, years ago mm-hmm. so ever since i was a like kid i didn't ascribe to being called like like little girl or like you know oh this is you know this is my my daughter or my my like girl baby whatever um it made me really uncomfortable i remember this like just as a kid only and so i was always like what they would call like a tomboy and stuff you know like hang around a lot of guys play sorts and things um very masculine presenting um as a, as a kid and uh then there was a whole period of um coming to india i i grew up in the states uh, um and there was a whole period of coming to india and uh being socialized again by like girls around me about how i should be how i need to act um what girls do what it's like to be cool but, you know that high school sort of setting when you're a teenager and right. bullies have influence on you and things like that um so yeah that was um the first half of like gender in a sense and then i came to uh, the states again for my undergrad and um there in my third year i like started hearing people i used to work at this thing called the cross cultural center and there were a lot of queer people just around me so there was lots of like theys and thems and she theys and he theys like all of these like pronouns and things floating around and like people presenting how they want to with like you know see like at that time masculine people like wearing feminine clothing and like you know there was there was no um gender sort of uh influence in that sense it, it at least what it looked like to me and so 
I was just like, I was just, at first I was just like a silent observer, you know, and I was like, okay, I really like how, um, you know, folks are presenting and like just hearing tidbits of conversation um, and things like gender euphoria and gender dysphoria made me really curious um, about what these terms like mean. And so I took some uh, feminist studies classes, some gender studies classes in my university. Um, started reading up on a lot of like queer history and realized that there was a very long history of like how people um, have felt incongruent with their bodies um, and incongruent with how they present, how they are perceived by society, like, you know, in terms of their gender. Um, and it debunked a lot of things for me. At first I thought like, you know, uh, I thought transness only looked a certain way, but it was like, you know, assigned female to male or assigned male to female and like didn't know about the, the nuance of like the queer gender fluid non-binary um so then yeah then i discovered that and then i had always felt like uncomfortable with the she her pronouns so then i asked uh, my friends to just try like switching it up with they it was really just like an experiment i was like just just refer to me as they and like see how that feels and um they immediately made the switch like i think that was the biggest sort of, um i don't know like like push to to uh, feel affirmed in my gender, um, the fact that they were just like, okay, yeah, that's sure we can do that, and um, immediately started like they them pronouns for me, and that felt right, like it just felt correct. Um, so I was like, okay, this is great, um, and then and then I decided to change my name as well, um, and again same process. Like I just asked my friends, I was like, can you just call me Ray? Like let's see how this feels, and it took me about like maybe a year and a half for like Ray they them. To like settle as like a personhood for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, even then, telling that like this is my name and these are my pronouns at first was very like, oh my god, am I taking away space? Like, am I really, you know, am I really trans? Am I really like non-binary? Am I allowed to take up this space? Um, so there was a lot of in back and forth, um, but then as I did it more and more, it felt right. People were accepting me. Uh, I felt like I had, I was weeding out sort of the people that like didn't accept it or didn't think that it was right like they sort of just left my life and like the people that were meant to stay sort of stayed um and that's just what's been happening since then like i've gravitated to people that have been uh accepting um and finding my own community now uh so yeah i think now it's still you know a, a journey like gender in terms of presentation and what it looks like how i feel every day like that t- changes but now i can finally like sit here and say like, okay, I am non-conforming. I am gender fluid, like non-binary. I'm Ray and my pronouns are they and them. And I can say that without feeling like, oh my God, you know, am I in this right? So yeah, now here I am. And how does Bangalore factor into this? Like how has been your experience in the Bangalore queer circles? Because I, I, I myself have seen now that there is actually a fairly large queer circle in Bangalore. Like if you want to... Um, if you want to find community, it's out there. So how has Bangalore been yeah. for you? Um, Stella, uh, I being back in Bangalore. Um, I'm also a Kannadiga, so I feel a lot like uh, more rooted to Bangalore and the culture um, and the people. Um, and 6th to 11th grade, like it's a familiar space as well. Um, but the queer circle has been like fantastic. I feel like in the States, there's just, like because queerness is 
open there is also like a way to be queer if that makes sense like you're either you know the patagonia wearing like berkeley queer or like like there's just different you know uh, i don't know like presets already on how to be queer and i feel like like here everybody is like doing it their own way and everybody is able to find um community that's accepting of like the fluidity of it mm-hmm. if that makes sense like uh, as you know changing names figuring out gender like things like that i feel like at least since i've been here there's it's been a lot more open and accepting to do that um here and i i do think like as uh like there's a there's a big queer community in bangalore but also like everybody kind of knows everybody through somebody or the other so um sometimes that's you know that's great and sometimes it's difficult to navigate but um i i i don't know i really feel at home with the community here um there's obviously a lot more that i need to like learn and you know a lot more people to meet um but i feel like uh there's no blueprint on like how you're supposed to express yourself here um and i did feel like that that there was some way to be queer like in the states more so um yeah i i, I don't know i really feel like at home i feel like i belong in the bangalore queer circle so that's felt really nice good i'm i'm glad that you found somewhere that you know you're feeling included i've been to just one event one queer event and uh, for me i think the the biggest thing there was like how many people had colored hair because i myself had colored <laughs> hair for three and a half years and so i just felt oh look finally i can feel like you know people around Thanks. me are also doing the same thing because uh for a long time people like in my circles people were like why do you have colored hair why do you like experiment yeah. with hair color and this and that so it is just good to see other people like doing the same thing with the with the you know like the the, the colored hair like i don't know this yeah people are just so like loud and out and proud here you know and and i i know like to be every single like queer person that i meet is just like so different and like so unique and yeah it's it gives me a lot of yeah it gives me a lot of euphoria honestly just being here um just seeing like like befriending other people and like knowing their own journeys and stuff and even not just just being at like there's so many queer markets and things i feel like that also is something that i didn't really see in the states as much like there's satrangi mela that happens at indranagar social and like um you know my bazaar and like like so many there's, there's so many different like gatherings there's uh, like queer organizations that like bring people together and stuff like i yeah i don't know i love it um being i'm sorry like i'm a part of it yeah so, yeah okay i i thought i didn't catch that last part but you said you love it and you felt like you're a part of it right there's a little bit of disturbance with your wifi so yeah oh sorry no that's okay like i think i'm catching most of this corner like 99% okay. of this conversation Hopefully is being caught as long as the recording is okay <laughs> that's all i really care about <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I hope, I hope it'll all be okay. Are you do you edit this afterwards or like yes. you know you like find snippets and things? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, I usually just cut out any major disturbances and like go through the whole thing once again and just make sure that like it can be edited a little coherently. Okay. I think we'll I will find that because okay. because I can hear you clearly. That means that probably the recording is also going to be clear. That that's the main thing. Okay. All right. I hope so. So transitioning now to transitioning to uh, the other topic, which is tattooing. Um, you yes. have tattoos. I have tattoos. 
uh, and you're a tattoo Ooh, artist lovely. yourself. What's your tattoo? <laughs> Mine is a few different things that I've picked up over the years. Oh, the whole sleeve, wow, funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually wow. looking for stuff to be added to this later. Right now, I can't really, haven't really thought about it. But I have ideas for like stuff all over my body eventually. So that's awesome. Let me know if you would like to get one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, when I saw that you have an event coming up with. Um, I have another guest that I've reached out to Ayushi. And you and Ayushi are doing a tattooing event together. Some Somewhere I saw on her on their Instagram. Anyway. Are we? Ayushi. Okay. I, I don't know this. <laughs> uh, Nazar Batu. Oh, well, never mind. But I saw a poster on somebody's Instagram saying that Get Poked by Ray is going to be tattooing sometime soon. Oh. Um, hmm. Or was it Bobby Silly? Okay. I did a couple of events. I was... Oh, it was Namesar? Maybe it was Namesar. I was at Maya Bazaar with, with Namesar the other... It was uh, Namesar. Two yeah. months back. Yes. Yeah. I did uh, tattoo. Like, we were at Maya Bazaar together. Like... Namesab did the first day and then I did the second day of Maya Bazaar. Yeah. And so, how did you get into tattooing? Uh, when was your first sort of... When did you get your first tattoos? And then when did you draw your first tattoos on somebody else? Like, how did you get into that? Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, before I... Uh, I was like, just give like a trigger warning of uh, self-harm and suicidal ideation. So um, when I, like a lot of people uh, in the pandemic, um, I, you know, a lot of people were like extremely just depressed and like cooped up in their homes and stuff. I was dealing with a lot of family issues at that time as well. Um, so yeah, I was at an extremely like low point um, in 2020. Uh, and so I, you know, was thinking about just like harming myself and like um, taking my life and stuff like that. And then my friend sort of came over one day just with needles and they were like, you know what, let's let's do this instead. Uh, and so that sort of became like an up for me. Um, and every time I would get a tattoo as well, my first tattoo was when I was, um, and I remember it like hurting, but like I liked it. So um, it became, so when I like, you know, when I started tattooing myself, um, it became like a primarily as an outlet for self-harm um and the first couple of tattoos i think they like faded but they're like just like these finger tats I just like did them on myself um and at that time i was using like non-toxic like pen ink <laughs> so um just watched a couple of youtube videos and stuff and like we were just really just figuring it out all on our own um and that continued years just me tattooing on myself and then I came to Bangalore in 2021 and uh sorry I continued for about a year and a half yeah and then I came to Bangalore in 2021 and uh, then my friends were like oh wow you tattoo like I'm down to be your guinea pig so people were just like my friends were just giving me their skin as like experiment and I was not charging or anything like I didn't think that I was you know uh, I come from absolutely no art background or anything so I had no formal experience in like drawing or sketching or anything like that so um yeah, people just like my friends, two or three of them just came to me with their ideas. And I started I started off as a hand artist. Mm -hmm. 
and I still do do handbook. Um, but yeah, so when they started like coming to me with their ideas, we would like get together and I would just ink them small designs here and there. And um, yeah, and then they were the really big encouragers. I don't I feel like I, I you know everything that I do in life has been like pushed by my friends. So they were very um, uh, monumental in uh, telling me to sort of take up tattooing as like just like a side hobby. Um, and yeah, I since then have just been, uh, I started a page, I started Get Poked um, just to document like all of the tattoos that I've done uh, and have now been following a lot of tattoo artists, have had the luck to meet a lot of tattoo artists in Bangalore, in India. Um, and I don't have like a particular style as such. still have, you know, like not taken an art course or like a drawing course or anything. It's more just like ideas that come from friends or like come, uh, you know, from my head and I just kind of like sketch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, I, I started like doing gigs. Uh, that also kind of just like happened. I think actually Name Sub was monumental in that happening. Uh, they were the first one to ask me to come Deluxe uh, Thali, which was I think a couple of months ago. And um, yeah, then uh, I, I think I kind of like people sort of knew who I was a little bit and uh, I got to do two more. Um, and that was that was really exciting. Um, but primarily I tattoo uh, people because I love the feeling that it gives them. Um, I Especially for queer people, like I have seen um, a lot of, again, like the, the self-harm outlet uh, is tattooing um, for for some queer folks that I've uh, tattooed and stuff. And so uh, I primarily do it for that. Like I don't see it as a business. I don't see it as something that like I want to necessarily monetize off of um, to see it a way to one, just grow as an artist. I think that it's, um, you know, on the one side there is like psychology and I love therapy and I love like, you know, learning about that. But then I also love like the fact I create something and people want that on their bodies. Like that's the biggest feeling of like, oh my God, that's, you know, that's so unreal um, for me. And now, um, yeah, now I think I'm just learning about little, like like different tattoo styles and like seeing how I can take that up and practicing um, on myself, practicing on like fake skin and stuff, like learning different tattoos and shading and this and that. Um, I'm like learning, I feel like I'm learning how to draw and I'm learning how to tattoo like parallelly at the same time. Um, and it's it's now I feel like it's just been uh, me. I mean, I, I really, really love the art. Um, I love meeting other people in the community, um, learning from them, um, being able to do things like tattoo trade. Like I give you a tattoo and you give me one like that. That's so awesome to me. Um, so... Yeah, I think my my you know my mo for tattooing hasn't really changed, but uh, I have grown rather as like an artist, and I feel like I'm continuing to grow and continuing to learn uh, within the tattooing space. So, yeah, it's been really it's been a wonderful journey so far. What has been your experience as far as like you know you said you're not a professional tattoo artist and you don't want to monetize it, but your friends have been asking you to put stuff on their bodies, like. When I first started getting tattoos, which was like my first chest tattoo here, um, mm. I thought like, you know, I have a very specific plan of stuff I want on my body because it's going to be permanent. 
and then once you get your first or second tattoo you realize okay it doesn't need to be that serious and like just... <laughs> yeah so how has that experience been like as far as like people getting their first tattoos on uh via you or like people being like very specific or not specific about stuff on their bodies what has that experience been for you yeah i think i have done maybe like two or three first tattoos um and those were specific uh you know they wanted like an idea of they had an idea of what they wanted and we sort of conceptualized it together um <clears throat> as far as uh non first tattoos some people do come up with like you know their own customs and i love doing that um but there are other people that like i said like they want my art like i have flash designs and they're like i i love that and every time that somebody says that it's so like i i you know i double triple question them i'm like really like you like it you know there's a lot of um i don't know that sort of comes um up with that but um yeah i feel like when um people come to me and they say like i really like this design like you know do whatever you want um you have the freedom the artistic freedom that's extremely daunting but extremely exciting for me and um i yeah i i don't know i, I don't think that there's like uh it's it's been like one more than the other um i feel like i've gotten an equal amount of like custom tattoos versus like my my own designs um but it's also sort of changed the way that i also get tattoos because i feel like uh at first i was also in this boat of like okay i need to plan everything mm-hmm. on my body like how it's supposed to look um but then i really like a certain flash design from an artist and i really like their art style and i'm like okay you know what i'm in my pocket like i just want their work on my body and so now i'm still very unplanned about the tattoos on my body um but i more like to collect different artists um work on my body and um if they feel the same then like you know get paid but um yeah i don't know i i can say like yeah it's been like a mixed bag um and it more so just inspires me to when people say that they want like my flash designs so it's very validating um and yeah i don't know i i guess like there's, there's always been like both types of people the ones that are really planned and like want a specific custom tattoo about it and then there's like people that are like let me just flip through your book and see what you got and get spontaneously so yeah i've i've had great experiences on both sides wonderful i'm hoping one day to get something like a flash tattoo done I have space for it on my body. I know like where I'm okay with somebody just putting anything that they they've created mm-hmm. rather than something that specifically come from me. Uh I'll I'll move on to the fourth question like I have a a loose structure in my head of, about how these interviews go. The fourth section is always the advice section. And here I ask people for three pieces of advice mm-hmm. based on the conversation that we've had so far. So I mm-hmm. I could ask you something really serious or I could ask you something like a little more relaxed what would you prefer Oh um I don't know that I'll be able to deliver on the serious advice but sure let's let's try yeah what is your serious question for somebody who for cis het people especially who are looking to be better allies what would be three pieces of advice you would give to them mm-hmm. to get started with integrating into the community Mm. Um let me think about this. Uh I would say number 1 listen to queer voices. Um follow queer artists, follow queer like politicians, follow queer activists. Um 
get your information from queer sources um that's number 1 number 2 don't listen to queer voices to respond and form your own judgments because queer people are not a monolith not everybody is going to say their opinion and it's going to match you know every other queer person there is a lot of diversity um so don't take something that you hear from one place and being like oh this queer person said it so therefore this must be true. like to in another conversation sort of develop discretion this develop like um the ability to like keep an open mind to have your thoughts be challenged uh have your thoughts be questioned and yeah okay i'll stop that that's number 2 and um i would say number 3 is recognized that like there is a lot of celebration in queerness i feel like when uh i get a lot of like cis het folks that want to be better allies they always want to know about like okay what are the struggles like what what are queer people really struggling with like what can i help uplift them with there is a lot of joy in being queer there is a lot of resilience in being queer and uh when the conversation is always directed around like okay how are you struggling how can i help you um one that centers that cis het person uh, which is you know not necessary in that dynamic and it takes away from the fact that like queer people have very like happy lives also you know it's not just that we're like struggling against society every single day i mean like that is true but there is a lot of joy in the community so don't assume that you know queer folks are like always i don't know like always angry yeah um Um, there is a lot of like there's a, and there's also a lot of joy in in that angle there's a lot of like community building that comes from that angle so um yeah try not to take up that space just because you are trying to help you know um just listen be a part um of what's happening ask your questions um but if they are invasive you know be prepared to hear i can't answer that or i don't want to answer that i don't want to give you that information um So, yeah, I would say those are those are my top three. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I think that's so simple and so well put forward. Like I think, so what you've said is, you know, listen to queer voices, li- listen to queer activists, listen to queer actors and people, everything. Like listen to queer politicians. That was your first mm-hmm. one. Your second one was recognize that queer people are not a monolith. In fact, they are the opposite of a monolith. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a spectrum of inclusivity. Exactly. Everybody who wants to like. feel included can come and join the space and third recognize that there's a lot of celebration in the community uh, it's i think yeah. three very simple pieces of advice that i i think challenge somebody to to first question their own assumptions before stepping forward and trying to like you said help out or be a savior or something like that yeah right yeah i think the most change also comes from cishet folks telling their other cishet people you know it's like i i see that sometimes people will come into like queer spaces being like okay i'm such an ally i'm here um but then be afraid to advocate for queer issues uh in their own circles because it's uncomfortable so i would say a little bit like 3.5 piece of advice is you know your change starts at home so if you are really looking to like further your allyship have the tough conversations with people that you know are maybe like transphobic or you know homophobic or something start there start you know making the change with your immediate proximity of of people um 
yeah wonderful last question in this formal interview uh, and it's an easy one uh, what can you share directly with the audience now this is where you can advertise your instagram you can advertise your pop ups anything that you're doing anything you're selling and if you don't have anything you want to sell yeah. you can tell me a either a book a movie or a quote that you recently enjoyed or a song Oh okay um advertising wise uh i'm extremely i'm an extremely like shy or cold person when it comes to like my art um but yeah follow me if you want and if you like my work and get poked um and a song that i recently loved let me see let me look through my spotify um i'm also currently not like selling uh, like anything i'm thinking about like doing stickers and things so maybe y'all will see that in a pop up uh in the future um i recently went to uh, echoes of earth um and i saw tinari when um, who i've been waiting to see for 7 years so just check check out that band they're like there's a rock they're amazing um and i think i just want to leave this whole interview space also recognizing that like even though i am a personal artist i think that like there is a responsibility the informed um about what's going on in the world um like there's a genocide happening in Gaza and i think that as artists it is our responsibility to speak up um you know on that have been suppressing oppressed voices um especially like also being queer um, recognizing that there is necessary solidarity that we have to build with other um, marginalized and oppressed yeah make sure you stay informed um donate help share amplify um yeah and i think i'll leave it with uh thanks for having me here and listening to me i appreciate being here thank you so much uh, this is the formal interview concluded we can speak for a few minutes just to like sort of um unwind and decompress from this um you know i okay. i got your contact from that zeni marshan neha who is yeah uh, the way i ask people for guests is um who do you admire i want to speak to that person mm. so what do you think Uh, yes. Neha admires about you. Oh, I don't know. We've met like two times, <laughs> um, but I really, really admire her. Um, I think when we first met, actually, so I was getting this tattoo. This is actually her design, mm-hmm. um, and I got from Mims, and she was there uh, when the tattoo was happening, and we really like connected on the intentionality. Like there was, there was a whole. I don't know that. like before the tattoo started and it was lovely we were exchanging um just where the the tattoo sort of came from and like how the designs came about and like each little detail on the tattoo has some sort of meaning and going back and forth um about you know the intricacies of the tattoo um and yeah i really i've i've admired her work for a very long time i didn't realize that she was that zeni marshan when i first met her um and I had already bought like jewelry and stickers and things from her and prints from her a while ago. So, uh, and she like she like remembered me. So I th- I don't know. I think she admires um, how intentional I am as well about like the art that I have on my body and the art that I want to put on people's bodies. Um, and I think that we really connected on intentionality um, behind your art and the intentionality behind like, the tattoo and. You know, we also had like Bobby there, um, Main Sab. So it was it was just like like friends sort of catching up. So yeah, I don't know. I I am very 
people admire about me so I, I get very shy with that question but I think I think she just likes my vibe I think we had a we had a fun time together yeah don't worry like every guest that i ask this question to like what do you think the person who recommended you admires about you they always get shy about that question because it's it's designed to be <laughs> the question is designed to make you a little uncomfortable uh but i hope that this has been a welcoming space for you uh this whole interview process we've been speaking for about 40 minutes yes. uh how was this experience for you yeah. all overall it was lovely um i feel like i rambled a lot and there were lots of ums and this and that in between um um i am very like fazzled at like when so i feel like it was it was fun i i really like the direction that it took um i feel like we covered a lot of um you know the gender journey the tattoo journey like even the psychology which is something that i didn't expect to you know be focused on here so yeah i appreciate um how it went i love like your questions i loved your cat popping up like in the background, yeah, in the background. <laughs> a lot um and thank you for sharing what you know everything that you did as well um just how your thought process was and you know like making it sort of personal i think that that's it's always fun like getting to know somebody through that um through that experience so yeah thank you for feeling like vulnerable to share with me so i'm going to stop recording here do you want to say bye to the audience bye audience <laughs>